Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast, a top-rated weekly podcast providing support for the struggles, celebrating the successes, and sharing the personal and professional development stories of women of color. It's inspiring and insightful conversations with sheroes who want to share their experiences to help other women's outcomes. Hosted by me, media veteran and content creator, Lonnie Swain. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. I love and appreciate your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Now let's get into the show. On today's episode, joining the Lonnie Swain Show podcast is Michelle Thames, a wife, mother, beauty maven, and social media expert from Chicago, Illinois. She aims to inspire women to be confident, courageous, and unique in every way. On her blog, you will find all things lifestyle, beauty, mom life, travel, and so much more. Michelle, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm so honored. It is absolutely my pleasure. Now, when we're talking off air, I said I was going to tell you why I had to have you on the show. And the, the things that come to mind when I think of you is when we very first met in a Walmart in Chicago for a beauty event. And at the time, you were the queen of the Marley twist. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And you do know how to do some Marley twists very well. If you've ever seen me in Marley twists, Michelle is responsible for that. And it's been so inspiring to see your journey since then. So can you take us back in time and and go back to that moment when you were doing your Marley twist? I'm assuming you were self-taught and just like to do hair at that point, right? Because I never asked you how you got into doing Marley twist at that time and how you became the queen of Marley twist. But can you just take us a bit back on your journey? Sure. So yes, I met you at an event. I remember it was at Walmart and Angela Simmons was there and Seven Streeter. Yes. And at that time, I had recently started my blog, I believe. Well, no, I was pregnant, actually, with my daughter. Yes. So I and that's pregnant, how I so. think back on how long it's been, because she's, what, five now? Yeah, she's five and in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember when she was in your belly. But so go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, I had started my blog in 2012. And I just started because I didn't have anything that was mine. Like my husband, he's a basketball coach and he's an educator. And at that time I was working at a hospital and I didn't have anything that I like to do. And so I started my natural hair journey. And then once I started that, I went to work. And everybody would say, oh, my gosh, how did you get your hair like that? I want to know what you're doing. And so Mm -hmm. I did some research and I'm like, hmm, I should start a blog. And my husband was like, you should. And actually, he's the one who came up with the name for my blog. So it would not be a blog or a Naturalista 86 if it was not for my (laughs) husband, because he came up with the name and everything for me. So when I met you, I was practicing Marley Twist. So, yes, I am self-taught. So I just needed an extra source of income. So I'm like, let me do some Marley Twist so I can gain some extra money. And actually, that summer when I did your Marley Twist, I probably made like $4,000 off doing people's hair in my house. Wow. So it was a really good side hustle. Mm-hmm. And 
I was about to have a baby. So I'm like, let me do something so that I can make some extra income because at that time I wasn't making any income from my blog. And if it was, it was like $200. It wasn't like a substantial amount. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me do something else that I can make some money off of. So I just started doing people's hair. I started doing Marley twists and people would come in my living room and sit down. They would bring their friends. You brought your friends. And (laughs) I would just connect with people. And it was just so amazing just to connect with so many different people just by doing their hair so by doing that I met so many people and I'm sure people still you know stay connected with me through that so that's how I started doing Marley Swift and that's how I met Mm -hmm. you and just to clarify I didn't say this part I was we were already following each other on social media on Instagram specifically and then we met in person and for your business and for doing the Marley twist, were you mostly connecting with people through social media or was it mostly word of mouth? Like how were you getting all these clients? It was through social media and word of mouth. And I had created a post on my blog that people still go to like randomly. And they oh. reach out and say, are you still doing Marley Twist? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but yeah, when I, when I met you, I had knew you because you were a big radio personality. And I'm like, oh my God, Lonnie Swain wants me to do her hair. I told my husband and everything. I'm like, oh my God, she wants me to do her hair. I was so excited. So I was really excited to meet you. Little do you oh. know, I was very excited. I'm like, oh my God, I get to do Lonnie Swain's hair, babe. Well, it was my absolute pleasure to have you do my hair. I really remember those moments fondly because, look, to tell you the truth, I had brought a friend because I was like, well, I'm going to this lady's house for her to do my hair and I don't really know her. I need somebody to come with me. And then after that, she came and got her hair done, too. It was just it was all one big family. Um, It really was. And so from there, that's when you started making more of the videos and that's when the blog took off. Yeah, so my blog really took off. I I had created a Marley Twist tutorial around this time. So that's what really took off. It went viral and I believe it got like 60 or 70,000 views. So at that time, the video is what really got me attention and what made me go viral in the social media and influencer world. So after okay. that, it was like, oh, you're Michelle, you the queen of the Marley Twist. So mm-hmm. that's when that whole thing started. But Quite honestly, I was trying to get out of the hair world because it's such a mm. box to be stuck in. So I was mm-hmm. really coming up with a strategy on how to use everything that I had already started to pivot to being more lifestyle. Mm, okay. How did you go about making that pivot or what was the the video or the post or the thing that helped you to pivot? I just really started talking about other stuff because in the influencer world, in the natural hair world, if you're a natural hair influencer and that's all that you do, you can put yourself in a box because there's only so many twist outs that you can do with so many different hair products. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that there's a ton of hair product companies, but there's also a ton of natural hair bloggers too. So I'm like, let me figure out something else where I can be more mainstream and more lifestyle. So I just started talking about stuff I like. I started reading books, sharing the books I like. I started showing my daughter more. I think when I started showing my daughter more is what really started to get me into the mommy blogger lane. With her sharing my husband, I didn't start sharing like him or her on the page until like she was about maybe one and a half, two. So I just started sharing about things that I liked and 
pivoted into the lifestyle mommy space, which is much more broader and there's so many more opportunities. There were so many more opportunities for me there than in the natural hair world. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty much how I pivoted. First of all, I want to say that this is a conversation that I feel like I've had with several influencers, bloggers offline in saying they feel like they're in a box or that they once they started blogging about one thing, now they kind of have to stick with it. I'm really glad that you mentioned that and explained how you pivoted. And then also what I find to be interesting is that a lot of influencers or bloggers will not share their personal lives or their children or their partner. Was that initially intentional? Were you thinking that as a hair blogger, you couldn't do those things? Or was that just a personal decision not to share them? In the beginning, I think it was a personal decision not to share because Mm -hmm. I didn't really share. I shared my pregnancy, but I feel like now looking back on it, I probably could have shared more, but I wasn't really in that mindset. I kind of felt like my blog was mine and that wasn't, that's not the right mindset to have for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like it was like, this is mine, 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 mine. Like, I don't need to, you know, this is what I'm doing. But like, once I really sat down and thought about it, I'm like, I want to share my family. I want to share, you know, what we're doing and what we have to offer because I think we're interested in family. So I'm going to start sharing there. It was never a, Oh, I don't want to share my life because it's private. And I know a lot of influencers feel like they don't want to share that part because they do want some privacy. I completely understand that. But when you're an influencer, it's like free game. Of course, no one shares everything. And I do not share every single thing, but I am an open book. So I felt Mm -hmm. like when I started sharing my family more is when people started to connect with me more because People want to follow who they like, know, and trust, and they want to have some kind of relationship with them. So once I started being more open and sharing my family, I feel like the more opportunities came for me within the lifestyle area. Now, at this time, I know you were initially working at a hospital, and I know that you mentioned working in some marketing spaces with some hair care brands as a full-time job. How did you balance, first and foremost, when you were working a full-time job and doing your influencer blogging work? And then how did you decide it was time to step away from working a nine-to-five and do blogging and influencing full-time? I was so miserable working in the hospital. My background is in health administration. I have a master's and a bachelor's degree in health administration. And I thought that that was the end-all be-all. I wanted to be a hospital administrator. Um, When I met you, I believe I was working at the University of Chicago. And I just felt like I was boxed in. I couldn't move up. I couldn't move around. I got blocked from trying to go to different places. And so in my mind, I'm like, this this isn't what I'm trying to do. Moved from there, went to a school to work, still in healthcare, had my baby. Then I'm like, okay, I need to do something else because this isn't it either. And then I ended up getting a job at Cook County Hospital. And I thought it was the best thing ever. Mm. And then I got let go. Wow. The low that was the lowest blow ever in life because you don't, I mean, people don't think like, yeah, I'm going to get let go. You know, like you never right. think that you're going to get let go from for a that. job. Yeah. yeah. So I was totally unprepared. It was a total 
blow. I had no idea. There was no talk before anything like about my performance or anything. It's just one day I came to work and she decided that she wanted to let me go. So I was let go. And then I decided in that moment that I was going to bet on myself. So I freelanced for six months and really, really went hard on the blog. I got so many opportunities, made so many connections during that time. And then right when my unemployment was about to end, I got a call from Monique, who's the owner of Myel Organics. And she said, hey, I have a position to open up. Do you want a job? And I'm like, oh, this is like my dream. Like I, I had dreamed of working in a marketing field, but I had no idea how I could get involved in it because I didn't go to school for marketing. So I went right. to school for healthcare. So I'm like, how do I get into the marketing world? Like, I don't know anything about it. So I actually manifested that job because I wrote in my journal and I also wrote on social media. Anybody looking for help with social media, let me know, you know, I'm doing social media for businesses. And she hit me up and then I worked there for two years. It was an amazing experience. And recently in August, I decided that it was time to take it to another level because I feel like when we get comfortable, we're so comfortable in our daily lives and what we do in our positions that we don't take leaps and do extraordinary things that we would do. So I said, okay, Michelle, you got to do something that's going to shake things up and Mm -hmm. make something happen. So I left there and I've been a full-time influencer for three months. So it's, it's been three months on this entrepreneur journey. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. It's interesting that you mentioned manifesting that that job and that space. And when you were writing and putting it out there, were you also thinking, oh, maybe I'm going to have to go back to school for this? Or what, aside from writing and putting it out there, were you thinking in the back of your head, um, I'm going to have to take certain other steps since you didn't, quote unquote, have the background in it, even though your background was your experience doing it for yourself and building what you built with your own blog and your own videos and social media and things like that. But at any point, were you thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take any of these traditional steps? Or did you have the confidence that, okay, I've already built this. I'm going to use this to transition into that. You know, I, I did not want to go back to school. I'm going to be honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't want to go back to school. So I was determined to find any and every way that I could get into marketing without a marketing degree. So I, I actually did have confidence in myself knowing that I could do it because I was already doing it. Like you said, I was already doing it on social media. And that's actually what prompted Monique to hire me because she saw what I was already doing on my own social media. So I did have that confidence. And I think a lot of people give up on themselves because they don't think that they can do it. But you're limiting yourself when you already put that in your mind that you can't do something so I can't is not in my dictionary I can do anything and I can do anything so you need to take those limiting beliefs out of your head and like just go for whatever it is that you want to go for because this my story is a prime example of me believing in myself and just going for it and you know the universe and God just set up the right the right moments at the right time and it all was connected so I just believed Mm -hmm. in myself and knew that I could do marketing without a degree because school 
I did not want to go back and get more student loans because we all yes. know nobody uh-huh. likes Sally Mae. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And because Sally Mae is long with you after the job, <laughs> after the career, after you didn't decide, yes. I'm, I'm off of that Sally Mae. We ain't doing that no more. But Sally Mae still looking for you connected to some degrees that you're not even interested in anymore. Um, Absolutely. And, and to speak about that, when you mentioned you have a bachelor's degree and a master's in healthcare and looking back now that we're reflecting, did you feel like you were dissatisfied with that career long before you left? And did you stay just because of those investments? Was there any pressure from any family members? I know you say your husband was very supportive of the blog, but were those two things, those degrees, one of the reasons why you stayed longer in the industry? And if those oh. weren't a factor, would you have transitioned earlier? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I got two degrees that I paid mm-hmm. for. What is my family going to think? You know, what are people going to think? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was the reason why I stay. And fear is another reason why I stay because like I said, when you get comfortable in a position and you know what you're doing and you're, you're just comfortable and you don't, you don't think about doing anything else outside of that because you're so comfortable and complacent. And that's where I was. I was so comfortable. I'm like, well, I got a good job. Why do I need to do anything else? And that's totally not the right mindset to have. Like, I think a lot of people are scared um, Mm -hmm. because they don't have anything else to fall back on. And I'm a different story because I had something else to fall back on. And it's, if it was me today, back then, I would have just quit, like, and just did what I wanted to do because it's not worth the stress. Like, these mm-hmm. jobs are not worth the stress if it's, like, not something that you love and you're passionate about. It's not worth the stress. So mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely would have just jumped and left the healthcare field because it was just not, like you said, I knew that I didn't want to do it, like, three months after I got my first job. Wow. Um, that's I'm soon? Like, oh, this is not it. Yeah. <laughs> that's soon? Wow. Yeah. And that's, it's so funny that you say that. And that's why I stress to people so much, people who are, you know, in college, even before college and high school, and they're saying, oh, I know for sure I want to be whatever, a doctor, a teacher, a healthcare professional, a blogger, a radio personality. I say intern, 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 get as much experience doing what you think you want to do before you finish school. Because if you don't, you might be surprised and get that degree and, you know, all those student loans. And then when you actually set foot in the the real field and start to do and see what the environment is like and you realize, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Oh, I don't like this at all. And then it's like now you do feel like, well, I've already invested so much in school and time and money that you feel like you have to do it. And so Absolutely. what were the the things or the people that helped you to get past that and say, okay, yeah, I got these degrees. I stayed for this amount of time, but I'm not doing it anymore. My husband has been my biggest supporter. I mean, I'm not going to cry on his podcast. He he is my biggest supporter. And if it wasn't for him, like pushing me and telling me like, you don't, you don't, you know, you could do something else. Like 
I wouldn't have a blog if it wasn't for him. So, like, he's been, always has been super supportive of me, you know, having my own thing, doing my own thing. So he was definitely there every step of the way, helping me figure out and navigate through all of these obstacles and everything. So, yeah, he was definitely supportive. My family now is super supportive because they understand. At first, they didn't understand what I was doing. What's a blogger? What's an influencer? What's that? Mm -hmm. Why are you getting all these packages sent to my house? (laughs) You know? Um, I think it took for my mom one day we were out at the mall, and this girl walked up to me. She's like, oh, my God, you're Naturalista 86. Let me get a picture with you. And my mom's looking like, why she want a picture with you? <laughs> and my brother was like, duh, mom, she's a influencer. And then, like, I had to explain to her, like, what an influencer was and, you know, all of that. So, like, after that, she understood. And then when I took her on a trip, she really understood. Right. Like, oh, okay. You know, you I, are she doing could get something. used to this. Right. Okay. Right. So, but at first, they didn't understand. So it just took some explaining and because today she's still, when she tries to tell people what I do, I'm just like, Mom, tell them I'm an entrepreneur because I'm not just an influence. I do have my own social media and digital marketing agency, and I'm a freelance writer, and I do a bunch of other things. So I'm like, Mom, just tell them I'm an entrepreneur. That's just, mm-hmm. just tell them that. <laughs> right, right. I think that that's also something that a lot of us struggle with in figuring out our way or especially in the entrepreneur world when our families don't necessarily understand or may not know how to be supportive of what it is that we're doing. And that can be something that sometimes holds us back for fear of disappointing other people. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people too are trying to make their parents proud and do something that their parents wanted them to do and not focusing on what it is that they actually love to do. And it's kind of hard to, you know, tell your mom, mom, I don't want to do that. Like, this is what I want to do. And you fear of disappointing your parents, but you, 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 you're not going to make everybody happy and you're not even, you might not even make your parents happy. The thing that I tell people is to do what you love and do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. Because once you start doing stuff for other people, you lose your sight on your dreams and your passions and what you love because you're trying to please other people. Absolutely. And which I think that that's a great segue for something else that you're doing that I love, which is the T-shirt line. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes, which is is spreading that positivity, that inspiration, and the theme is positive on purpose or the motto. And so can you talk a bit about that, how that came into fruition and, and how you decided to do that? You may not believe me, but I used to be a very negative Nancy. Really? Yes, yes. So when I was working back, you know, working in healthcare, and uh, when I met my husband, I was a very negative person. And, you know, I think that stems from childhood and, you know, your family and the things that you see and you grow up around. It was just always negative. Like, we don't have any money. We're broke. Uh It was just really negative. And I'm just like, I this is not it. And then it took one day for my husband to hurt my feelings so bad. And I mean, hurt my feelings so bad. He was like, you're a nasty person. I don't even remember what he said, but we were dating at the time. And Uh it just hurt my feelings so bad. And I'm just like, oh, I need to change because this is not this isn't who I am. Like, this Uh isn't, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be negative. So I just started 
reading more about positivity. And that's, I think, when I started getting into reading about the secret and the law of attraction and manifestation, um, I just knew that I had to make a change for myself and for my mental health to be a positive person because if you're always negative, there's nothing going to come of that. So I just had to really do some soul searching. I had to come to Jesus moment with myself and mm-hmm. decided to change and become more positive. And so the positive on purpose was just really a passion project that I've been sitting on forever. And I decided just to do it and to go for it. And, um, put it out there because people need to know about positivity. So the whole purpose of the positive on purpose is it's a model that represents living a life full of shame, love, peace, and abundance. And on my social channels, if anybody follows me knows that that's what I'm all about. So I just decided to start the t-shirt and there'll be more shirts. So stay tuned more, more um, sayings and more quotes and everything like that. But I want to be positive on purpose because that's the only way to be. Words are powerful. You have to wear what you believe. So I'm going to wear it on my shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Being positive, I tell people, that's a full-time job in and of itself. When you are dealing with a crazy world that we live in. And definitely, if you're not raised on positivity, and I think that a lot of us, especially in the Black community or people of color, have a lot of generational experiences that have caused us to not be the most positive. And then what I at first thought you were going to say before you said, you know, some of the things with how we were raised, but also when you're working a job you hate every day, it's hard to be mm-hmm. positive, you know, and certain things that a lot of times we don't even realize we have control of or we feel like we're in hopeless situations sometimes like oh I you know am working this job but I need the money and just the not knowing how to kind of pivot or that we can do something else or feeling stuck and that negativity can come out in other ways and so we need the constant reminders to stay positive and to be hopeful even when our current situation may not seem hopeful and so it's something that we do have to going back to what you said earlier about manifesting and that your situation or your circumstances may not be positive in the moment or you may not be something that you're happy with but it's something that we have to constantly work towards and remember to be mindful of and something that we have to practice every day and so you talked about listening to positive things and and manifesting and what would you say were some of the things that you did some tangible action steps that you did to become a more positive person so I definitely started to read more I think that growing up I didn't read enough one of the books that I think over the past few years that really like touched me and was like oh girl you got this was you are a badass by Jen Sincero I mean that's like the book that everybody should read because she tells it like it is and like tells you like no you are an exceptional person why are you thinking like you are less than but then again that goes back to us thinking like we can't be what it is that we want to be or do what we want to do or we have to work this job because this is all that we have and I think that that book really opened up my eyes to a lot I think I read it like three years ago I read it like every other month because I don't know mm, it's just like a book that I it's that reading. good it's yeah, that it's, good. It's good and I always find something new in that book so I think 
reading helped me. And more recently, what has helped me is yoga and meditation. It's really important for self-care. So those are some things that really help me remain positive and keep my head on straight because, of course, I, I have moments where I'm negative. But every time I think a negative thought, I think two positive thoughts to replace that negative thought with. So just... The people that you see online that are super positive and you think that they have it all together, we all go through our negative moments and self-doubt and, you know, perfectionism and all things like that. But every time that I come across a negative thought, I just replace it immediately. Like, nope, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great, blah, blah. I replace it with two positive comments or two positive thoughts so that I can X out that negative thought. As a parent and juggling everything that you are doing and trying to create for yourself, how are you instilling positivity in your daughter and and teaching her to embrace positivity and approach life? Oh, parenting. (laughs) Um, It's so important to my husband and I that we create an environment of positivity for our daughter because he works in a school and the stories that I hear every day are just so disheartening about how parents just don't care about their kids and they, they're not invested in their lives. It's just like a game. But mm-hmm. parenting is really important. Like you have to, you, you're their support system. And without yeah. that, like what does she have? So we have, we make sure that, you know, we are there for her. We, I, we say positive affirmations in the mirror every day. I tell her she's beautiful because kids are mean. And I, you know, I want her to understand that what me and your dad says is what's important. What everybody else says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what those kids say. So mm-hmm. we just have to really keep positive environment. We read positive books to her as well. We talk about everything and communication is important. Even though my child is five years old, I know a lot of people don't even talk to their kids. And it's mm. communication with your children is the most important thing. We talk to her every single day. How was your day at school? You know, what did you guys do? That conversation and that connection is important because a lot of kids just come home and go to their room and don't even talk to their parents. So we just Mm -hmm. definitely want to keep it a two-way street, open communication, and just continue to create a positive environment. And she sees what her parents are doing, so that just helps and motivates her more to be a good person in the world. And what does she think mommy does as her job? Have you all talked about that? Oh, yeah. She knows mommy's a blogger. (laughs) She's been doing this for since she was two. So she already knows like the photo shoots and what we have to do and everything. And even when I was working, she knew that I worked for a marketing company. She knew about everything there as well. So she Mm -hmm. she completely understands and she's happy that I get to pick her up from the bus stop now. So it's really amazing being able to be more involved in her life because for my job in marketing, I did travel a lot and it was kind of weighing on me that I wasn't able to be there for her as much as I wanted to. So Mm -hmm. I had to make the decision. So, yeah. And I'm sure she likes the perks and getting to go to the events. (laughs) We're going to a Halloween event tonight. So, yes, she loves it. (laughs) Uh Very good. And now how do you balance being a wife, a mother, and a blogger and separating the business from work or does it all kind of marry together perfectly? We absolutely do enjoy to go to all of the events that we go to. So 
I take that as family time. I mean, I know it's working, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. it's still time for us to be together as a family. Um, Google Calendar is my best friend because if it's not on my calendar, it's not real. So uh-huh. <laughs> I have to make sure that I stay organized. And when my daughter gets home from school, I try to take an hour break from my work so I can talk to her until my husband gets home because he works at a school and he gets out a little bit after she does. So uh-huh. I just have to stay organized because when I was working at nine to five and influencing, you know, you really have to be organized and you really have to make sure that you schedule your day because you can go over into work and, you know, you're still working and it's 1130 at night. Or if you work a nine to five and trying to balance everything, you come home from work and you're super tired, but you want to work on your passion project. So it's during those times is when I really knew my drive because I would come home from my nine to five, shoot for a campaign, write the blog post, put it together, schedule it for the next day, see what I have to do for the next week and make sure everything was scheduled. And now I just really have to make sure I stay on task because I'm at home and we all know if we're at home, you can get sidetracked. So just make it. Yes. I stay organized and go by my calendar and, you know, when people schedule meetings and I just have to make sure I'm organizing that it doesn't go over into family time. But the events, like you said, it does give us that time for family time and they enjoy it. They don't complain. I mean, my daughter doesn't complain at all. She gets to go (laughs) to all of the things in Chicago and trips and everything. So she's not complaining. So I, it does, it is a perfect marriage, but I do have to cut work off because I'm a workaholic. So I'll still mm-hmm. be up at 12 o'clock working. So I do have to make yeah. sure I cut it off. So. Especially when it's something you love, it's hard to, to stop yourself because you're, you're in it and you're like, Oh, let me just do this one more thing. Let me just finish this <laughs> one thing. And next thing you know, three hours in task. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, And before we wrap up, the one thing I almost forgot to mention is your new lock journey. And as a naturalista and someone who has probably worn almost every hairstyle in the natural hair community that there is to wear and constantly changing and switching things up, how did you decide to make the commitment to lock? So I decided to lock my hair because, number one, my daughter has so much hair, it's not even mm-hmm. funny. And doing both of my <laughs> hair was really stressing me out. Like, the uh-huh. stress level was through the roof. We only um, going to be I, doing one head in this house. It's going to be me oh, or you. <laughs> <laughs> I have been thinking about locking my hair for a while because my husband has locks. He's been locked for 11 years and was really an inspiration to me. And I'm like, why did I wait so long? This is like such a perfect you know, thing to do. But I don't think that I was ready for the lock transition because let me tell you, when you lock your hair, you have to be ready. You have to know in your spirit that it's time for you to lock your hair. And I'm saying this because I got the feeling and you will only know this feeling like if you're ready. So if you're not Mm -hmm. ready to lock your hair, don't lock your hair because Mm -hmm. it is permanent. I mean, you could comb it out, but I just think that I was on this spiritual journey with myself and really loving myself and figuring out who I really am underneath everything else that's on top of me. Um, Just really getting to know myself. And it's just a journey that changed me. And it's just, I can't even really explain it. It's like, you have to know when you're ready. And I was ready to lock my hair. And it's been the most amazing journey. You really understand patience because you see everybody else with their beautiful locks. And then your locks is looking like, you know, (laughs) you're in the beginning stages 
Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. It's been five months, and I'm not turning back. It's the best decision that I ever made. I absolutely love my hair. I started with the two-strand twist method because I didn't want to cut my hair, and I wanted to start with a style. Okay. So that's why mm-hmm. I started with the two-strand twist. So, yeah, no more straight hair for me. Do you feel that you've been supported by the natural hair community, or has that changed your audience at all? Have you picked up new lockers that are following to specifically follow that journey? Since I know you pivoted from hair and and not focusing on that, has this kind of brought back more hair people tuning in or picking up new audience members? Yeah, I think I picked up a lot of lock followers. I do follow a lot of people's lock journeys as well. So I think that, you know, they understand that just because I started with hair doesn't mean that, you know, that's what I was going to stick when I think they came along this journey with me and they just continue to see my evolution. So mm-hmm. I did pick up a lot of lock people, but a lot of my natural hair girls are still there. And I, I still write about natural hair, just not on my blog. I do write for naturally curly. Um, okay. Yeah. They, they're still there, but yeah, I've definitely picked up some new lock followers. Awesome. Well, I am enjoying the journey. I've threatened to get locks before, but I haven't <laughs> felt the feeling to truly commit just yet because it is just that a commitment. So I will see, but I'm inspired by your journey as well. So I appreciate you sharing it. And um, before we wrap up, I have my last five questions for you. The first one, what is your favorite act of self-care? My favorite act of self-care is meditation. Meditation is so important to me. Mm -hmm. It just gets me ready for the day, clears my mind and just, helps me focus on the day what is something you wish you were better at oh something I wish I was better at is video and video editing I am not Mm -hmm. good at video or video editing and I wish that I was Uh I try to research but I just find that that's not my thing so I'll just have someone else edit my video (laughs) (laughs) they say practice or perfect practice makes perfect and that's something I wish I was better at too it's so time consuming though it is Uh, (laughs) what is your definition of success my definition of success is just being happy doing what it is that you're doing and not having to worry about anything. Everybody else just had, you know, a different definition of success, whether that be being wealthy or whatever. But I feel like you can be wealthy and you don't have to have all this money. Not saying that I don't want a lot of money, but I'm just Uh saying just being happy, being able to do what it is that you love every single day, waking up and making a difference in people's lives. That's my definition of success. And what's a quote or piece of advice that you live by? You know, negativity will get you nowhere and just opening up your mind to new experiences will just open up so many opportunities for you. So I definitely live by being positive on purpose. And I just want to make sure that I continue to spread positivity on my platform to help other people realize that you don't have to be negative and you can be positive in everything that you do. And that may have answered the next question. What do you want to be remembered for? I absolutely want to be remembered for being someone who's just a go-getter, going after her dreams and inspiring other people to live their best life because that's what I'm doing, honestly. I can't believe that I get to wake up every day and just do what I love to do and not have to worry about anything, just be happy. So, yeah, I would 
that's definitely what I want people to remember me by. Love it. And if someone is listening and they want to get a positive on purpose t-shirt, they want to follow your lock journey, they want to hire you to do some social media strategy for them or just continue to follow your journey, how do they find you? Absolutely. You can find me on social media on Instagram at naturalista86. My blog is happily ever natural. And um, the t-shirts, you can find it on my blog. I have a tab for merch, but they're sold on Teespring right now. So that's how you can find me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback so don't forget to rate review subscribe and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information until next time go where you are celebrated and appreciated not just tolerated talk to you soon